What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, J.H. Gibbons here. And I'm Lucy. And welcome to yet another episode of the Acromas Podcast, episode 83. 83 episodes in and another 83 to go. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us today. If you are joining us on any of those podcasts that you actually listen to, whether it's Google, Apple, any of those, Spotify included, we want to thank you for joining us. If you are watching our beautiful smiling faces today, it can only mean one thing. It means you're watching us from YouTube. And here's what I need you to do in order to help us out, to help us grow, to help us share these gems with the world. I need you to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell. So the next time you are on YouTube and you are scrolling down that feed, episode 83 will be the very first video you see. And most of all, we'll see... It is free to do so. Unbelievable. Uh, this is our 83rd time mentioning this. And uh, I haven't lost a beat in saying it and enjoy doing it. And reminding Jay and reminding our longtime viewers and newcomers to you. We have 83 reasons why you should go back, check out what we have delivered, the gems we've dropped, and like experiences that we've shared, not just with us, but the stories of others as well. So please, if you're really a supporter of what we're doing and you're about growth and about self-development, this is the place to be. So the way that you can do that is by liking our content, sharing our content, subscribing to it, turning on that notification bell so you'll be the first one, as Jay mentioned, to get it because it's free to do so. You're investing into you, so why not? It's unbelievable. I, I still can't believe we're doing that without a cost. What a week it has been. We'll see yet another week, uh, episode 82. Last week, if you did not get a chance, you can pause this, watch that, come back, let us know your thoughts. But we really attacked the fitness industry, specifically the fitness influencers. The reason why we did that was because we're all about honesty. We're all about transparency. We're all about the truthfulness. And the fact that a lot of people in the industry are not doing that, I think it was, I think it's strictly because of what social media has done with our society now. Um, it is a true shame. But I can tell you, we'll see. I, I was at the gym and a lot of other people were. And the beautiful thing I saw this past week working out as I typically do was there weren't as many phones as there used to be. I, I, and if there were phones, it was people recording actual exercises, actual workouts that you can do. So again, I think the rise of authentic content, real content, honesty, relatability, I think that is making a comeback. Slowly but surely, it is making a comeback. So I, I was glad to really see that, we'll see. Um, and I, I hope to see more of it, man. Yeah, that sounds promising. Uh, I've been avoiding going to the gym, as you can tell in this in our stories and my stories if you check them out. Uh, yeah, before that reason, because it's not authentic enough to like really be around folks that are really really like minded, just really trying to get at it, get after it, and understand why they're there, why they are there outside of maybe a few light contents, uh, like <laughs> or just uh, these gimmicks that we discuss, for, like lifting chairs and couches over your head. In the middle of sets, yeah, this is not what it's about. That's not how you get yourself in the shape you need to be. And your purpose shouldn't be that. I hope not. Um, but, yes, it's reassuring to hear that that's the case. Um, I'm hoping that trend continues. So people are kind of waking up, waking up to kind of understand the importance of that and knowing that you really have to love what you do, invest it into you, and uh, cut out all the other mumbo-jumbo and just enjoy the journey of it. Absolutely. We'll see you. I think you said it best. I think in this world, look, life is life is short. It's unpredictable. And I think it's very important that in this life, you spend the majority of your life doing what you love, doing what you enjoy, even if it comes with sacrifices, even if it comes with certain things that you'll have to change forever, certain habits you may have to get rid of. It is required in order to live a purposeful life. And our next guest this evening has done that uh, from her journey from overseas over here to building a life for herself, becoming the CEO of her company, becoming the doctor, having a doctorate degree that she's been able to earn. Uh, we have the pleasure this evening of speaking with none other than Dr. Sandra Lipinski. Welcome to the Acromus podcast and thank you for joining us today. Oh, hello everyone, hi, how are you? I cannot seem to get the video back. So we'll wait until it comes back on its own before you know I can get on with the video. So we can continue and I can talk to you this way. 
That's absolutely fine. Welcome to the Acromas podcast. I know we connected a few weeks ago to get you on because I not only myself or my business partner, but our community wanted to hear about your story. I've I've heard rumblings from my own father about some of the things that you've been able to build throughout your life and you as well. So I would love to make sure that we share this with the world in order to inspire others to follow in your footsteps or become inspired with some of the things that you've done. So um, of course, on the Acromus podcast, we always say we love to begin with the beginning. Uh, so let's start there. In terms of how you were able to come here from where you were born and, and begin this life of, of helping and giving back to your community, could you explain how you were able to get that far? Okay. Um, I came from Guyana with my mom and sisters. Um, went to an all-girls school when I was in Guyana. So coming to Washington is where we moved to, to a co-ed school was a traumatic for me. But I took everything in stride because with the family foundation, um, anything that's put before me, I know I can handle it. Even if I have to change my thoughts, my ideas, uh, the way I think, the way I think about things, I know I can handle anything that's put before me. So with that in mind, I went to school in DC. Again, I said to all to a co-ed school and spent three years there at a four-year school. Um, while I was there, heavy accent, people couldn't quite understand what I was saying. I had a very deep British accent also. And uh, like anywhere else, when you go to a different country, you hang with people that sound like you, that have the same dreams like you. So that's what I did. And the first year, pretty much, I didn't go to class. Um, my biology teacher, my science teacher, because she, she taught me biology and chemistry, and my math teacher had us in groups where we didn't attend regular classes. We pretty much had our own little group. And what we did was, she had us do projects, so we really didn't attend class. And my math teacher had me co start correcting, in his office, correcting papers, like quizzes and tests that people took. So I really, for my three years, I didn't attend class. It was like that all through my school, high school years. And my math teacher in spare time taught me how to play the stock market at that time and I, I wasn't really interested but I said I'll learn because I'm always open to learning different things and I never turned that down when it comes to learning. So fast forward, moved to Washington, uh, moved to Maryland, went to college, got a scholarship. Uh, a little before that, the year that I graduated high school, I don't know if you remember or know of, um, what's his name? The mayor. Uh, he was known as the black people mayor, Barry, Mayor Barry. Mayor Barry. Yeah. Right, right. And he was giving all the children like that just got out of high school jobs. So my first job was working at Walter Reed, Army Medical. And I was doing, uh, working with hard, working with experimenting on different things regarding medical science. But as a child, there we go. Perfect. As a child, I always had the idea of, when I grow up, I want to work in a medical field. But as a pathologist, as a person who do forensic, uh, working with dad, trying to find out what happened, 
why does the person die? And as I started college in the Maryland area, I enter into pre-med and continue. And I got married during that time and had kids. So that had to go into the background for a while. Uh, fast forward, I got a job working with Department of Navy, DOD. And while I was doing that, I was going to school and raising two, two daughters, my two daughters. Sun was tough. I went to school in the evening, work during the day, 40 hours, um, and kept going. Got my degree, first undergrad in biochemistry. Uh, what happened after that? I may skip, but the journey is, got my degree during the time, it wasn't a lot of jobs for people with a biochemistry. I was not exposed to that, was not interested after a while. I work as a lab technician, uh, analyzed blood specimens, pretty much all that. And then I saw the computer came into being and that interests me. So I start doing homeschooling, taking classes to learn how to work the computer because it had just started. So I bought a computer, didn't know how to turn it on, didn't know how to work it at all. But I got a computer, I said, I'm gonna learn. And I started opening up the CPU. At that time they had the big tower, start opening that looking at it, try to see how it worked, start working with that. They were doing boundary, so I had to learn how to do boundary and a whole lot of stuff. So while working at the Department of Defense in the military, my boss chose me, pulled me out of the lab and chose me to work on the computer, setting up database for the military who, um, at the time was having issues with HIV and AIDS. So I set up the database for the Tri-City, which is Army, Navy, Air Force, and work with the CDC to send them information database as to who was positive, who was negative, when they converted, are they children? So I was doing the research part of that so that's another chapter in my life so i went from working in the lab doing research working on a computer knowing nothing about a computer so pretty much as i went through life i was self-teaching so anything i wanted to do I started learning on my own. I got the books or got on the computer when the computer came live and I was doing that. So as I continue, I was not satisfied with that. And I wanted to make more money. So I started doing real estate. I took the real estate exam, I took the classes, wow. but I didn't want to work for someone. So I started buying, invested in home on my own, buy houses and renting. And it started building like that. Um, any questions so far? Do you want me to stop? Do you want me to continue oh, going? No. Keep going. Keep going. We're really, we're really okay. intrigued by your story. <laughs> yeah, very, very fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did that. And at that time, I moved to Chicago, Illinois, and continued doing the real estate because it was lucrative. And I really, at that point, did not want to work for anybody else. So I started doing the real estate. I went back to school, to grad school, got my degree in forensic psychology, work with children who were abused by their parents or by siblings. So I would go to court and be an advocate for them. And I followed them through their lives until they were out of the court. 
So there was another chapter in my life that I went into. But while I was in grad school, one of my professors says, what you should do is, since you're in real estate, why don't you buy homes? And people that are men, especially that are coming out of jail, have them, you know, have a home where they could go to. And I said, I really don't want to do that. Um, but she kept coming to me, coming to me. So I guess unconsciously, subconsciously got into my mind and I put it in the background. So when I was able to buy more houses and decide to leave the job that I had and not work for anybody else, I decided a friend of mine came to me. She was actually not a friend. She was someone who was looking for a home and my home was available. So I interview her, do her background check, everything, decided to offer her the home as a single family home. And she said, I really don't want to live in a home. I want to open up a adult family home. And I said, well, what is that? So she explained to me what you would do. You would get people from the state with different mental health issues, people who are fragile that cannot live in their homes and they would stay in this home. She would run it and she would have nurses, CNAs, certified nursing assistant coming and work with them. If they can't uh, cook, they would cook for them. They would clean. They were pretty much lived there 24 seven. And it would be a facility, 24-7 facility. So I said, that's interesting. So I let her have the home. And at that time, we had just built our home in Racine. We had moved to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. My husband was on the road a lot. So I said, I got to find me something to do. He didn't want me to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I can't do this. I got to find me something to do. So we bought another house and we built it. We bought the land and we built it. So I took the house that we were selling and I turned that into an adult family home. And with that, I turned two or three more houses. So I had like around four houses that I was doing the same thing. The person, my renter was doing my tenant. So that's how I got started as of today. I'm still doing that, but I'm down to one home mm -hmm. because of COVID. I was having a hard time finding people to work for me as a nurse and assistant because right now a lot of people, you know what the market is like. Like a lot of people do not want to work. Very true. And I don't want to be yeah. in there all day, every day, seven, you know, seven days a week. I'm on call right now, but I'm working from home now. And only if there's an emergency that they call me. And pretty much we do Zoom or if I need to take them into their doctor's appointment or if I if they have something happened to them and I need to go in and talk to them, then I will do that. But right now, my full time job, which I love, is playing options in the stock market. So that's wow. that's what I'm doing. That's my second job. <laughs> It came full circle for that. It did. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So all this thing that, you know. I thought of and dream of and consciously, subconsciously was behind in my mind. But these were all the things I wanted to do, but really didn't know that I wanted to do it. It's like the road opened up and I was shown the way mm. and I'm enjoying it. Wow. And that's what it's all about. It's really, I wanted a job that I can, or do something that I can really enjoy. Mm. And that's what mm. I'm doing now. Yeah, I got so I still have a few homes, but yeah. you know, it's, it's it's not as fast. It's a little slower, and I'm enjoying. I get the opportunity now to do what I want to do. Wow, you know, I the one thing I love about this podcast is I can get to learn so much about people, especially relative. I mean, I honestly, I promise you, I did not know how storied your life has been up until this point. And the one takeaway that I have is just the incredible drive that you had ever since, even before you got here, you already knew that you were going to be somebody, you were going to do something regardless of what got in your way, whether it was a language barrier when you first arrived, 
or you know being a part of something you weren't really passionate about until you found out where you are now is where you want to be it takes so much it, it takes so much it takes guts honestly it takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of insight it takes a lot of risk to get to that point where would you say you you got that drive from when did, when did you sit down and say oh, this is I want to write the own story of my own life instead of having other people write it for me. I think from my ancestors, from my grandparents, from my mom, from my dad, I've never seen my parents without a job. Mm -hmm. We never want for anything, but we didn't have a lot, mm -hmm. but we never want. So it was, if we need something, it was there. And uh, my grandfather, who he was, he was always in the court. I'm not sure if he was an attorney or whatever. And my mom was a nurse. So the humanitarian came from her. And not being afraid to do anything. It's like, if you wanted, if any of us wanted to do anything, she never said, oh, no, you can't do that. Mm. Or that's not for you. It was like. Okay, so what are you gonna do? You know, you wanna go here, you wanna do this. You have it, but you gotta do it on your own. She pretty much taught us how to stand on our own two feet and not to be afraid, no matter what it was. So give thanks to my mom and yeah. the ancestors. Absolutely, I, I always thank the ancestors. <laughs> I, I that is it's really incredible, honestly, because you know I I can I can try to put myself in those shoes, coming from somewhere from my home to a place I've never been before, and then having not just the 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 drive but the courage to be able to understand and 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 push through any of the obstacles that I may have. I think it it takes so much courage to do that, and I think especially in today's world where a lot of people are really searching for what they want to do or who they want to become. I think there is a lack of action there. And on your end, I didn't see that at all. I, in fact, I saw I'm going to take action before I even know everything about what I need to do, whether it's options, whether it's opening your own business, real estate, forensics. You said, I am, I'm going to do this. This is the path. I'm going to get in it. And even if when I get there, it isn't necessarily the thing that I thought it was going to be, at least I tried. At least I gave it my all. At least I pushed into it. And I, I think that's absolutely incredible. Yes. Yes, it is. And, you know, uh, you can go anywhere and live. Hmm. You can move to any state because once you have that drive that you're not focused, but there's other opportunity avenues open to you. You know, if I had moved to a place where there was no lab where I can work in a hospital, at least I know I have computer. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just so many things that were open to me that I can do that I never limit myself. Mm. That's very true. And I, I think that's another aspect of it, too. Um, because you weren't limiting yourself, you were opening you were, you were honestly opening doors for yourself. I mean, even, even when the computer came around or technology started to boom, you were already on the front end of that. Even if you didn't know exactly how to work that particular instrument machine, you, you made it your mission to understand it to the point where you could teach others about it. And I think, I think that's very commendable. And, and going back to that fear concept, I mean, you, you did mention that you used to work with bodies in order to see, okay, what happened to this person? And I can only assume working in that field for so long, have you, do you think you became numb to seeing people who have passed on? I guess it's from a different perspective because they're, they're already gone, but you're trying to, to solve the mystery as to why they got to this point. Do you feel as though when you see a body, do, do, you, do you connect emotionally with what this person used to be or who this person used to be or is it is it more of a job that you someone, someone who has passed on yes dead body okay um when i was younger 
and what I am today, I look at it in two different ways. Um, younger was out of curiosity. Today, if I look at a dead body, I know that that's just a shell. Hmm. That the soul spirit has moved on. That they are still living, even though that shell is there. Hmm. And that's the way I look at it. And, and with that, especially if you're there when that person is making that transition, and what they're saying to you, you realize that their life will continue, not in the physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But their life will continue. Mm. And when we look at that body, it's almost like looking at a car and you're in it driving. When you get out of that car, that car is still there, yeah. but you're continuing. Hmm. That's how I look at it. That is a very unique perspective. I never, I never thought yeah. of it in that sense, but <laughs> I do get that sometimes, at least personally for me, like there are times when I wake up, I look in the mirror and I look at myself. I'm like, who am I truly? I see this vessel that I guess my spirit is in, but outside of that, like who, who am I? Where do I belong? What, what, what am I doing here? Is this, is what I'm seeing truly who I am? I, I think that's a pretty interesting conversation to have with yourself. Yes. And by doing that, you are asking the universe, why am I here? What's my purpose? And that helps you to propel, to live the life that you came here to live, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, if I had to, to say, um, reflecting back on um, your journey that you shared with us, first, thank you. Um, you. Very uh, riveting. Um, you've lived so many lifetimes in this one. Uh, you've experienced so much just from what you shared. And uh, I, I want to commend you because uh, I believe it's very admirable of you to manage to pursue um, your, your education full-time, uh, be a, 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 a parent full-time, a spouse full-time, and uh, to persevere and not forget you in the process. I think that's so important that a lot of the times um, that is kind of lost along the way. And I would imagine uh, even beforehand of now where this is more of a focus, it seems to be, uh, but even during those times of you going through those journeys and those career transitions for yourself and your spouse and, 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 and still managing to carve out that time for you. Um, if you, if you had to share that process of it and perspective of like, what tips and tools could you provide to others who may be currently in that sort of, uh, circumstance of life and, and trying to figure out, may not even be aware of that's what's happening. Uh, and, you know, they have those moments where they're kind of feeling the effects of it because we all do. Um, what, what, what kept you going? Like, what was those key factors for you? I saw myself wanted more. I didn't see roadblocks. I didn't see doors that are, doors that are closed. I was always, as actually my family, my siblings called me a dreamer because I used to dream a lot and say, I want that, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to become that. So they used to call me the dreamer, but I did not see it as a dreamer. I saw I wanted that. And if I want that, I got to work. I know how to get to it and I know what to do to get there. So dream i would say to someone dream and don't let anyone take your dream wow that's powerful um wow yeah and then you you manifested um what it is that you wanted and you 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 were determined and consistency is what i'm hearing a lot mm -hmm. of that uh and we, we talk about that a lot um on Columbus podcast and uh being able to to hear it and uh just understanding, I guess, trying to understand exactly 
just those steps and believing in yourself because I believe a lot of it came from that. You believed in yourself is where I've hit from the very beginning of uh, venturing to a whole nother place, uh, being relocating across the world to pursue the, the, the dream, right? Because this is the land of opportunity of, but you have to apply yourself. And I feel as though what you shared in one of my opinions, probably some of the best examples of um, what that consists of and, and being able to pursue anything that you, your heart desires if you're committed to yourself and, and then taking action to do so. So that's wonderful to hear. What's your take on it, Jay? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think I think along this journey, it's just it's crazy to see how much you can do in such a in such a, a short lifespan because we're only here for just a few years. And to be able to to pack it with so many things that are purpose driven. And I think that's the other aspect too, right? Um, doctor, there was no wasted motion in your life. Each and everything you said, all right, I'm, I'm growing here. I want to climb here. I want to do this. And then actually going out and doing it. I think it's, it's beyond commendable, especially about where, you know, where we are. I know we've had different episodes about social media and, and where society is now and, and, and where, how the, the workplace is sort of transformed in these past couple of years. I, I think that work ethic, it's, it's starting to become underrated. Um, and I, but I think hearing your story, especially our community out there who's listening now, you have to understand that it takes a long time. It takes work. It takes tireless, tireless work, regardless of who is around you. You have a family you were raising. You have a spouse. You have, you have a home that you're building. You're also building a life for yourself as well. So doing all of that and then being able to accomplish those things is just absolutely commendable. Yes, yes. You got to see it. You got to want it. You can dream, but you have to put in the work. Mm. Got to put in the work. Yes. I think that's the, that is the, <laughs> the tagline in here. That that's is in here. You got to do the work. Yes, that is, is, believe me, I mean, 83 episodes of this, we, you know, we've, we've had our doubts sometimes, but we know that we're doing great things by allowing others to tell their story to our community, because I think that is how everybody grows together. So, I I mean, that's, that's very much appreciative. And, and the fact that you, you're doing this while you have kids or while you're raising kids, you know, we'll see, I know you have two beautiful kids of your own. I have godchildren. And I, I know you mentioned that you had the opportunity to work with children who were in very terrible situations. How were you able to do that and sort of disconnect what you may, what the stories that you may be hearing from these kids versus what is going on in your own life? I know, I know they always say, don't, don't take work home. So I, I had to imagine there was some sort of separation that you had to have with these kids who were very vulnerable and in a very, you know, in a very shaky state that you had to be able to encourage them and help them along the way. Could you tell us about that? Well, like you said, there was a, there is a separation. Once I leave that place, their home or the court or wherever I am, I leave it. I leave all that emotion right there. I detach myself. I do meditation. I do yoga. And that helps so that I'm able to leave those things behind because I could not bring that into my environment, to my home, because I also at the time had my kids and grandkids. And that emotion I couldn't because people when you're in a room for me when I'm in a room I can feel people's emotions and knowing myself and that I had to separate it and even if when I leave their homes or the court and I sat in my car I decompressed so that I'm not taking that burden because it feels like rocks on your back. I'm not taking that with me. So I, 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 yeah, I had to separate. And there was times too that I had to find someone to talk to, to get rid of, you know, all those feelings. Cause you know, even 
psychologists need psychologists. Even psychologists need counseling once in a while. Right. You know, so to just to decompress. So you do need to decompress. You need, again, to go within yourself and meditate and let go of, you know, all those energies that you've been around that work for me. And, and if you don't mind, could you take us through what that meditation for you looks like in case there might be somebody watching who's like, man, you know, I tried, I tried meditating in the past. I Googled it. You know, I watched some YouTube videos. It just did not work for me. But here's somebody who has been doing it and does this all the time to help go through some of the things that she's done. So what are, what are some of the strategies or maybe take us through what you do to meditate? When people hear the word meditation, they think, oh, you got to be on top of a mountain in the quietest place, you know, no sound. But meditation is just you going within yourself. And I've, I've learned now I can do meditation. I'm talking to you and I'm meditating. Wow. But that takes a lot of practice. And when I first started, it was, it was, I wouldn't say hard, but it was, I wanted to get to that point of serenity where nothing bothers me right away. And you couldn't do that. It, again, it takes practice. So I become still, go within. And when I said go within, there's going to be noise passing like a cloud. You're sitting there, the cloud is passing. And that's how you see the thoughts coming to you. And that's how you look at it. A lot of people say, well, there's all these little chatters. Yeah, but if you look at it, I look at it as a cloud, sitting there looking at a cloud going by. So I don't, I'm not holding on to it. I'm, let, I'm acknowledging it. I let it go. Mm. And once it go, you keep reminding yourself, okay, I'm getting still. Mm. I'm getting still. Some people do it with mantra. Okay. Some people speak it out loud while they're doing it there's different ways and you have to find a way that is good for you that works with you and i do walk in meditation you know and that's just being aware of where you are pretty much being aware that i'm sitting here talking to you that's a form of meditation because nothing else is coming into my mind at this time so there's different ways. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that method. I think <laughs> you're absolutely right. Because even, even when I started doing that, you know, I personally I did not know how to quiet my mind. I think in this life, so many things are happening. There's so many distractions around us even now uh, that sometimes it is a little difficult to just quiet those voices in your mind. But the way that you put it by seeing that cloud pass, acknowledge what it is for what it is and just accept it and move on. I, I think that is something that a lot of us, including myself, could learn um, in order to implement in terms of quieting our mind and, and being at one and getting centered. I think that's with all the distractions that we have in this world now, I think that is that is difficult to do. But um, I yeah, I, I know, Dr. Sajid, you would you would suggest it as well. I would suggest it too. Be sure to meditate. Be sure to find your quiet space. Be sure to center yourself and just just focus. I think there's just there's so many distractions in this world today that it's very difficult to focus on one thing. Yes, and it doesn't take, some people think it takes half an hour, an hour. You mm -hmm. can take five minutes and just do breathing and just listening to your breath. Yep. And it would quiet you. Yeah. So, you know, some people have an hour. If you have an hour, you can do it. But if you only have five minutes, it can work. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, it's excellent. It's, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Carving out that time. I think it's just like, like you said, just taking the time that you can to make for you. Like we say all the time, we have 24 hours in a day. Uh, you have to make some, some of that time about you. And it's, it's wonderful of you to express the different methods that you can go about it. Um, I, myself, I focus a lot heavier on mantras and affirmations uh, as a part of my method. But, you know, like you said, you, you learn the process of what works best for you and, and you tune yourself into it and you, 
you channel into it and you learn more about yourself and it, and it helps prepare you for what you deal with, right? Like you said, the cloud and everything around you because you're able to tune in if you know more about you and you're, you're better for it and therefore you're better to others and, and anything that you may face in, in your life. Uh, so a huge avid uh, believer of that and, and practice it. Um, we, we all do. And as, as you can hear your listeners um, and see in our conversation, there's so many different variations of how you can go about it, but you can accomplish it if you give that time to yourself. So I, I agree with you. <laughs> 100%. And, and you mentioned it is true. Both both you, Dr. Lipinski, and we'll see you mention that it is up to you to find what that is for you. And we, we talk about that with fitness as well, whether it's, you know, physical or the mental side. It's important to find what fits for you because it is about sustainability. It is about building upon what you started and getting to that, getting to the end of that goal. Whatever you decided that that is the thing that you were going to focus solely on it's important to make sure that it's sustainable and you are able to be consistent to get to where you want to be. And I know, doctor, you are where you want to be right now. You've lived such, as Will C said, you lived many lives in one life and there's still so much more to go. Could you let us know what's yeah. next for you, doctor? Oh, wow. My next chapter. I love to travel. Hmm. So I'm doing a lot now, but because of COVID, uh, all the different infectious diseases that are going around right now, mm -hmm. uh, it has put a damper because I was in Portugal in May, I think, and went there for about nine days. And while going over there on the plane, there probably was about 20% people wearing masks. And the next day after I arrived in Portugal, Lisbon, I was getting the symptoms. So I became positive and had to spend more time in Portugal before getting the negative results to be able to travel back. So I really don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to keep doing it. But that's, that's my goal, just to travel, not to work, keep doing my uh, stock, my options, and work from wherever I am. That's amazing. And I think even, even with options, and I know we, we had some conversations about that. Forgive me, because I am still trying to learn my way around it. I've gotten distracted a few times, but um, it, is something, it is something that I plan on dedicating time in order to to learn a lot more about it. And I, I would say, I mean, just generally speaking, it is one of the more, I mean, stocks in general, I think investing in general is rather difficult for the general public, but options itself and understanding calls and puts and, and those sort of things I think is, is rather difficult. What, how did you, how did you get into investing into options? How did you, how did you get into trading options? Well, like I, I said before, when I was in high school, that's when my eyes was open to option. My math teacher was teaching teaching me how to, to uh, play the stock market. He never thought about option. Mm -hmm. But at that time, it was interesting because I always wanted to learn, but it was like a different language to me. And slowly, I would say in the last maybe seven to eight years, maybe longer, I started to play the stock market. Long term, not short term, not short term. Um, when COVID came, I had more time to sit at my computer at work. So I started learning. I started learning how to pick your stock, how to get in and out how to make money while it's going up and down. And I said, oh, I like this. I always like money. So I'm playing and I'm seeing what I'm making. And then about, I think it was last fall, winter, I got into option. I started studying option. And I like that more than just playing the stock market. I still have my portfolio to different things because I have long-term, short-term, and I do swing trade. 
I also do day trade. Um, but I like the option better because you make more money. Mm. And <laughs> anything that makes that. more money <laughs> can't go wrong there. <laughs> can't go wrong with making more money. Yeah. Well, one uh, thing I'll say, you have to be, um, what's the word I want to say? Set your goals and your limit and stick with it. That's not the word, but that's what I mean. When you said you go, okay, today I'm only going to make 500 or a thousand. And if it's the market is going up and you can make more, just stop mm. because you can lose it all. So you have to set your goals and don't flip flop on it. Just stick with it. Mm. That's, that's some strong emotional t- intelligence there because I, yes. you know, it then, it then could become a gamble. Uh, I know, I know a lot of people, at least in the, the crypto space um, have lost quite a lot over these past <laughs> months. So, <laughs> shout out to those people. But I know, I, I know, I know that. I was, I was one of those. I knew uh-huh. when to get out. Uh, I knew when to get out. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's risky. And I, like I said, I know with all the things that you've done in your life has been some sort of element of risk. Um, so I think, you know, I think in order to not just have the dreams, as you mentioned, but also accomplish the dreams that you have, I think you just have to understand that you are going to take or need to take calculated risks to get to where you want to be. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that at least for those who are watching and those who are listening, that is something that you can take away from this episode is that regardless where you may be now, if you are focused on getting to your purpose, you have to understand that there are certain risks that are going to leave you uncomfortable. There are going to be certain things you're going to have to sacrifice in order to get to where you want to be. And that's just the name of the game. You know, there there might be certain wins that you get, and there are going to be certain lessons that you learn along the way. But it's important to take note of both, stay humble, keep your eyes focused on those goals and those dreams, and then work hard to accomplish them yes yes that is so true and when i was in undergrad i met a wise old man it's when i was in south africa mm-hmm. and he said to me not only to forgive which is totally what we are talking about with everything but also always set your goal and go for it and that was Mandela. Yeah, I sat at his feet. Wow. After we had breakfast. Yeah, and I, I the first when I met him because I was teaching also in South Africa yeah. for four years. I teach in the summertime, and every time I, you know, I was meet up with him. And the very first time I met him, I sat on his feet and I looked at him and I was totally speechless. And I'm not a person that would speak that, you know, has a loss for words. And that happened to me. But I said to him, talk and I listen. And that's exactly what I did. And and he gave us, he gave me so much nuggets that also helped my career path. Incredible. Sometimes, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, sometimes it's definitely who you you meet, who you wow. know who can change the trajectory of your life, especially somebody yeah. who's impactful in our world and our and our gen, you know, our, our entire yes. lifespan as as Nelson Mandela. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, look. Doctor, it, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on this mm-hmm. podcast, episode 83. And before we go, of course, we want to be able to make sure that you are connected with our community as you are now officially a part of the Acromus podcast community. How can our audience, how can our audience, our community find you online or find you in general? Um. What am I on Instagram? And I think I have sent you my Instagram. I don't know it offhand. Sure. Um, and through my emails, you can share my email with, with anyone because I have filters. It would filter mm-hmm. to people who, you know, shouldn't be there. But 
um, Instagram and uh, through my email. And I'm in the process of setting up a YouTube to do meditation, teach meditation. I did started it and then I stopped during COVID, but I'm, I'm, that's on my horizon. Awesome. Awesome. We'll, we'll be sure to, whenever you do get that up, we got to make sure that our subscribers subscribe to yours as well. So we are all, we're all a growing community. Absolutely. Once again, we want to thank you for joining the Acromas podcast episode 83. We want to thank the community out there for listening or watching this incredibly inspiring podcast episode. So wherever you are this Sunday or any other day throughout the week, we thank you for joining us, whether you were able to listen on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, we want to thank you. Uh, for those who are watching on YouTube, we also want to thank you. It means you're looking at us. And if you did not do this before this episode, I can only guarantee you, you were anxious to press it now because you do not want to miss the gems that you've heard tonight from Dr. Sandra Lipinski. But just in case you do not understand, or you do not know how to spell out what we do, I will help you out. Once again, A-C-H-R-O-M-O-U-S. As I mentioned, you can find us anywhere you can hear podcasts or even see this. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. So the very next time you hop on YouTube, you're watching episode 83 and you're jotting down all these gems that the doctor is spitting out to you. Make sure that you implement it in your life because action is important. And most of all, we'll see. It is free to do so. That is ridiculous, man. To invest into you. There's not many things you could say are free in life, but this is one of those times where you have so much that was available to you free. So embrace it, dissect it, digest it, and grow. And challenge yourself. That's what I would say. That's a great takeaway from this. Remain consistent. Set that goal, real estate expectation, and then go for it. Only one that's stopping you is yourself, mm -hmm. as, I, as I took away today. So please do those things, guys. It's free to get our gems that we drop each and every week. We're going to continue to deliver to you consistently. But we need to know that you're actually receiving that and that you're actually going to be taking affirmative action to do these things, such as liking our content, subscribing it, turning on your notification bell, and then sharing those gems. Don't keep it to yourself. Each one, teach one. And that's what we're here to do. So be a part of that journey and movement and let us know that you appreciate what we're giving to you by doing those things. 100%. And once again, Dr. Sandra Lopez, we want to thank you for joining us on episode 83 of the Chromos Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of the week. And until next Sunday, it is your boy, J.H. Gibbons. And we'll see. Peace. Peace.